Thank you. Thank you very much. So we are Bill and Marilee Menser, and we've just returned from the north woods of Canada on Lake Superior. So we have a message for you that may draw from that experience a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Get your analogizer ready, because we're going to use a couple of analogies here, a couple of uh, pictures maybe that can help us learn today and uh yeah all 1000 of our family pictures will be showing you during service <laughs> cue the slideshow say all when our kids are on it I'm just kidding. um yeah so uh this is a buy one get one free sunday you get two parts for the price of one merely is first and uh, i'll follow up after that yay all right so um let's just pray to begin Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the things that you've spoken to Bill and I to share with New Day today. And I just pray that it would be your words and your love pouring out of our mouths and that their hearts would hear and their minds and their hearts would receive what you have for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was praying and asking God, what do you want to say to New Day? I felt like this is what he said, and this is him talking to you. He said, I want to pour into you so that we can pour out together. And um, he, so this idea that he wants to fill you up so that you and him together can pour out to those around you. So this is what we're going to be talking about today, this ideal. Um, we'll look at what the ideal picture looks like of him filling us us containing him and then pouring out together. We're going to talk about how that Jesus was a real life example of this ideal flow playing out. And um, we'll also talk about a few things that can block the river and keep the water from flowing through us. So I have a picture to show you from our camping trip to give you a visual. There we go. So that um, the river flowing in, that stream of water flowing in, that's God. He's our source. That is where we get filled up. It's coming from that rock. He's the rock. And um, actually, he's a lot bigger than that, though, right? There's a huge, like, river above that. Um, But I just wanted to zero in on this picture for you today. So that's him flowing us. We are the pool of water. So we contain him. And when he showed me this picture in my mind's eye, um, as he was speaking this to me, um, he specifically said, it's not a chute or a trough that just pours straight out. It's a pool where, where we contain him, we hold him. There's a personal um, thing between him and us. There's cool things happening It's that's special. Um, and then the shoots of water pouring out is him and us pouring out together on those around us. And, you know... Pouring out can be in evangelism, sharing the gospel with people, or it can be pouring out on your brothers and sisters, you know, serving here at church, or however you're pouring out. You and him are pouring out together. Um, so this is our ideal, and it was cool because he showed me this picture in my mind, and then I was like, can you show me that in nature so I can have a visual aid? So it's kind of excited to take that picture, show you guys. Um... Um, let's see, I already said all those things. Um, okay, so we see this as the healthy, proper flow. And um, Jesus really did the best job of giving us this real-life example playing out. You know, he 
he knew that he needed to be filled up from the Father. He took time uh, with the Father. He recognized that it was his Father that would fill him, and without it, he couldn't. Without his Father, he couldn't do it. Um, he got away. Jesus got away from the busyness to have time alone with his Father. Um, the Bible talks about how he would leave the crowds and go on a mountainside to pray. Um, he would wake up while it was still dark to pray, and he got filled up from the source, didn't he? And he, then he contained the Father. He had relationship, personal relationship with the Father while he was here on earth. And then from that full place, he and the Father constantly poured out together. Um, he said, Jesus said things like, I only, I only do what I see my Father doing, and I'm about my Father's business, and my purpose is to do the will of the one who sent me. He was, that was always his clear goal and mission in his life, right? Um, and then I also have a couple other verses of Jesus um, doing this. He said in John 4, My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And then in John 6:38, he says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And what I love is Jesus was so focused on this. He was not, um, he knew this was the whole purpose, um, to do what God had put him there to do. And um, so, um we get to learn from Jesus' example, right? We get to see that and, and seek to grow and become like him. So um, as I've been thinking about these things over the past year, well, I've been thinking about them because a lot of the sermons this year have been on pouring out, right? We've talked a lot about evangelism this year. Um <clears throat> Cameron started the year off with encouraging us to share our story and to make sharing Christianity a common, normal, everyday thing, not a rare occurrence. And he talked about how, you know, um, sharing God with others is a requirement and not an option as a Christian. It's what God, Jesus commanded us to do. Um, so that has just been a big flavor this year. Uh, Graham talked this summer about how to share Christianity with someone in a way that's centered around Jesus. And the Gerbers also talked about using the gifts God has put in us to make a difference right now. So there's been a big emphasis on the pouring out, and I've loved that. And, and so I've been thinking about these things for several months now, and I've been seeking to grow, you know, and sharing Jesus with others in my everyday life. And so I had to ask myself, why is this so difficult for me? Why am I so bad at this? Um, and I asked God, what's keeping me from doing this well? And so he showed me this picture um, as an example of the ideal. He's so positive and good. He draws us with his goodness and his love, doesn't he? So he showed me this picture as the ideal. And then he showed me that just like in nature, you know, debris, rocks, logs, things can fall in the way to clog up this flow, to keep it from running in its fullest potential. Um, and so, like in my life and in our lives, if we have a lot of debris in the way, this process is going to feel clogged. It's going to feel maybe insurmountable or maybe just plain not happen um, at all um, or not happen well. And so... Um, I just want to share a few things with you that he showed me um, that can block our way 
and a few of them have really challenged me and um, I think they'll challenge you too. So the first one that could be blocking this flow is being distracted. Our minds kind of just so consumed with the thoughts and stresses and busyness of life that we're not taking the time to let him pour into us. We're so consumed with other things that we're kind of disengaged with this flow at all. And um, and God told me that the enemy would love for us to wear blinders so that we're unaware of the big picture of this flow and that he would love for us to wear blinders and kind of focus in on one little blob of pond scum in our little in our little pool of water and kind of just focus there maybe for hours, maybe days, maybe weeks, maybe years, maybe someone's lifetime where they are never engaged with this flow because they're like this on one thing, maybe a person that's driving them crazy or, you know, this person ruins my life or is affecting everything and that's all they can think about or just being so focused in on the busyness and the to-do. And that was me. I just get so caught up in the busyness and the stress of life that I forget, oh, this is the main purpose. This is the way Jesus said, this is the main purpose. And so I encourage you, if that's you, I encourage myself to take time each morning to engage, enter this process, prepare to be used by God that day. Um, and if we don't, it's going to lead to missed opportunities because it's just gonna, opportunities are going to pass by. We're, we weren't ready. We weren't engaged. Um, I have an example of this. Um, Remember when we had our service um, downtown at Jesus Loves Kizu? So that morning I was excited to go and I was getting my kids ready. Billy was working and so it was just me and the kids. And <clears throat> it was like not going well. It was taking forever and I didn't realize how much Bill does to help me Sunday mornings to get ready. <laughs> I can get ready any other day of the week but not Sunday morning without him. So... Um, Anyway, so I'm getting ready and, you know, needing to drive downtown and where am I going to park and just kind of totally consumed with that. So we park kind of far away. Um, what is that street? Do you know? I just wanted him to know. <coughs> anyway, it's the one that, anyway. Okay, so I had to walk kind of through. Ah, never mind. Okay, so I'm walking kind of from afar. I have to walk towards the Arcadia Festival site. And I, this lady is sitting on a picnic table. She's kind of in my path, so I kind of need to walk past her, and then I'm going to cross the parking lot and then the street, and then I'm going to be at the festival site. And so I, she's right there, so I, and there's no one else around. So I'm like, hello, you've got a good seat. You can listen without being in the crowds or whatever. I'm assuming she's a part of Jesus Loves KZU. And the service and everything, well, she wasn't. She's like, yeah, I was just walking to work, and I heard the beautiful music and had to sit and listen. And you could tell she was just, like, so hungry and kind of raw or something. She was just, like, sitting there, such a sweetheart. But I was I was not engaged with pouring out that morning. You know, I was, like, had my two kids, and they're trying to, they're trying to hold our chairs. And, and I'm just kind of, she's telling me that as I'm kind of still walking away, I'm like, Oh, well, enjoy the music. I was like, crap, oh my gosh. Like, if I had been engaged, I could have totally talked to her, encouraged her, maybe prayed for her, or something. You could tell she was hungry. And so, 
if we're not engaged with the process, it's going to lead to missed opportunities like that. So the opposite of being distracted and disengaged with this flow is to become focused and engaged in the in the process. Um, another thing that could be a branch in the way of the water is pride. Um, being proud. When we're proud, we cannot really be filled up by God um, the way he wants to fill us. So uh, a few years ago, God spoke to me a lot about pride, and it was really awesome. Um, it really helped me in my life. But he taught me that pride is working hard to hold yourself up, and humility is being at rest while God holds you up. I'll say that again. Pride is working hard to hold yourself up. Humility is being at rest while God holds you up. And what I think is interesting about this is it's the same outcome both ways. You're up. You know, it's um, God designed it his way is that we would be in a state of being humble and he would then give us that place and that position and that worth and that value when we're trying to lift ourselves up we're trying to make ourselves important and seen um, he showed me a picture of when I was acting in a prideful way um, what it looked like was I was standing on a platform a round platform and then I was I was on the platform and I was under the platform trying to hold myself up. You know, kind of like, oh, did someone see that? Oh, some, something's great going on over there. Oh, you know, me too, or whatever. And, um, and then he showed me the opposite picture of what he wanted it to be like. It was me just being at rest on that platform and him effortlessly. I mean, it was really awkward when I was trying to hold myself up in that picture, stumbling all around. I wasn't meant to do that, right? And so God effortlessly holds me up and gives me worth and position and value and a place. And then I just get to be at rest knowing that and confident in who he says I am and what he says where I am and my purpose and everything. So, um, yeah, so if pride is there, then we want to get rid of that and practice being humble, practice humility in our lives so that the water can easily flow in and we can do it God's way. You know, whenever God creates something or makes something, the enemy always does a counterfeit, right? Like God's way of lifting us up is through humility. But the enemy always makes a counterfeit of anything good that God makes. And so his counterfeit is pride to try to lift ourselves up by ourselves. Um, okay, so the third thing that could be blocking your way is having no plan. Having no strategic thoughts about how you're going to pour out. About who you want to pour out on. How you want to go about pouring out on them. Just kind of you know, having no strategic plan or anything. So if that's you, I encourage you to make a plan um, and include your spouse, include your kids or your friends. Um, do it together, you know. When Jesus sent the disciples out, he sent them out in twos. And for me, I know whenever I'm going to, you know, approach someone to pray for them or do something where you kind of step out to pour out, I love doing it with someone. It's so much easier than trying to do it on your own. Um, so I encourage you, if you don't have a plan, 
to get that, ask God to take that log out of the way, repent for being that way, and become intentional about pouring out. Um, And then the last thing, and this is a big one for me that I'm working on, is um, what can block our flow is being unprepared with what to say. Not having the words ready to share the gospel. Um, The Bible says to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Um, And that's in Ephesians 6.15. And then also in 1 Peter 3.15 he says, Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So here we have these commands to have it in us ready. You know. And... Um, I believe that we are to be prepared with what to say. And then there's that whole element, which is also good and true, which is the Holy Spirit is going to give you the words too. But I feel that we can't just rely on that. I think we have to um, you know, be prepared and have a structure within us. And if you remember... Um, when Graham spoke in July, he was talking about how that we should have like a gospel message that we can share in like a short amount of time, like if we have one minute with someone, and then also say we have a longer stretch of time, like five minutes, kind of a longer version of the gospel that we're able to share. And so um, I asked him to write that up for us. Give us a resource. That's great. I want to memorize that and have it in me. So it's here for you today. <coughs> this little packet. This is Gospel in One Minute, Gospel in Five. And they're on that table um, by the door on the way out. So if you're like me and you don't have, you don't, if you had an opportunity to share the Gospel and you couldn't do it in one minute or you couldn't do it a longer version in five, they encourage you to memorize it and let's do it let's obey these verses and and be ready and have it in us ready to pour out when the opportunity arises um so if you're unprepared that's going to be a branch in the in the flow and the opposite of that is being prepared um how am i doing on time i think i'm doing pretty good okay so i've um, I'll share this story to kind of wrap up. I, um, you know, like I said, I've been thinking about it this year and wanting to grow and feeling like I'm struggling and not really growing very well. And I just have all these missed opportunities. I'm not really growing that well. And so I, um, every, I work once, one day a week at a salon. And so on my way in, I kind of try to pray and prepare and how do you want to use me give me opportunities help me know when you're giving me an opportunity that kind of a thing and um so you know being at a salon there's magazines all around us right all the celebrity gossip that people like to catch up on while they're there well god used it as an open door there was an article on scientology and tom cruise and all that and so i was in the back room with one of my coworkers and She's like, so what is this Scientology anyway? She's like, it's in the. She's trying to figure it out through the magazine article, which didn't really give any anything that we could go off of. And then she's like, it's kind of like this, I guess. But I think like Christianity and Catholicism is like more about this. And I was like, yeah. Um, 
I don't really know. It's really interesting. I was kind of engaging her in the thought and, and, you know, in the process. And then I was like, you know what? I'll look into it. I'll figure it out. And I'll get the information for you. And so the next week rolls around. It's Monday night. And I didn't want to do it. I've been putting it off all week. I have to go into work Tuesday morning. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. (laughs) So I stay up late. And I write up. I didn't have to, like, do the gospel presentation on the spot. It took me, like, an hour and a half <laughs> to, like, really write it up good. And then I proofread it the next morning, and I forgot to say that Jesus rose from the dead. Anyway, I was like, they had that in there. He died for our sins. Okay, so, <clears throat> so I got the pieces in there, and I had researched Scientology enough to figure out that it was pretty much trying to increase your place in life through bettering yourself and making your mind sharper and all these things. And so, and, and reading that next to Christianity is like, was almost humorous to see the comparison of how like, anyway, empty Scientology seems. So I brought that into work. I was like, I did my report for you or whatever. And so she's reading it. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so then it became the theme that day. She left it in the back room. Everybody glanced over it, maybe not read it in detail, but at least read parts. And it was just the coolest thing. And um, my boss actually was back there, and she didn't know I had brought that in. And so she was telling me what Christianity was (laughs) from my words. She's like, so it looks like that Christianity is about God's crazy immense love for his people and his plan through Jesus to be with them forever or something like that. And I was like, hmm, that's (laughs) so funny. Anyway, so um, that's just a story of how I work to be a little bit prepared, but I want to be even more prepared. So I encourage you to pick one of those up. Um, So yeah, those are the two things. If you don't have it in you, Please get one, memorize it. It's just a structure. Once you have it memorized, you can make it your own. You can make the wording fit you. But at least you have the structure to start from. So that's the one thing I'm encouraging you to do. The other thing is to be mindful. Have this picture in your mind of what this healthy flow looks like. And often ask God, what what does my river look like? Where... Do I have brush or debris in the way that's blocking the flow? You know, um, and then when he shows you something, just get it out of there. Repent for it, and then immediately initiate new behavior to enable the opposite thing to thrive. So if you're distracted and disengaged, the opposite thing that's going to thrive is being focused and engaged. If you are prideful, the opposite thing is going to be humility, and you're going to grow in being humble. If you have no plan, you're going to become intentional. And if you're unprepared, you're going to become prepared. So there you have it. All right. You've bought one. You get one free now. So we're going to shift analogies on you a little bit. Crack your knuckles. I can't do it with the microphone. Get ready. Here we go. So I knew we were going to be speaking, and I thought, man, my son's name is Micah. I better find a verse from that book of the Bible. So here you are, Micah 6.8. That's not really how I came up with it. I'm 
Just joking. So Micah 6.8 says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And we're going to zoom in on just the last phrase, walk humbly with your God. Uh, the rest is for next time. Alas, we do not have enough time today. But um, next time, maybe we will. So three points and a quotation. Three points and a poem is better, but three points and a quote we'll have to do today. Point number one for you is walk with your God. Um, <clears throat> I have a paraphrased version of a lot of Bible verses in my head. Sometimes they're wrong. <laughs> Do you ever get that? You're like, oh, that's what that really says. I always thought it said, walk before your God, which is a really different tone. Oh, mortal, walk before your God. You know, like, God is uh, standing back with his arms crossed. Oh, mortal, you whose life will soon end on this earth. You are only a breath. Walk before me humbly, you know? Like, that's a real different tone than... Uh, you know, walk humbly with your God. A shared journey is really different than, hey, go do something and I'm watching you. And um, so that's what walking with is about, a shared journey that God is leading. You know, to bring in the Canadian North Woods analogy here, um, we're going for a hike, right? Along a, a trail, a hiking trail, and God is, is leading the hike. Um, and so I was asking God about this. I'm like, well, where are we going? And he said, paradise. And I smiled. Uh, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> and um, you remember Jesus on the cross, he turned to one of the criminals being crucified next to him, and he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. I'm like, that is great. So I was pumped. Um, but it's not only the destination. This is, like I said, a shared journey. Um, if you've ever been on a beautiful hike, hiking trails are um, built for the purpose of seeing beauty. You know what I mean? Nobody hikes like uh, in Myers parking lot. You know, like, oh, look, there's a place to fill up your water bottle next to that handicapped spot. Like, it's just not what we do. Hiking trails go to, like, waterfalls you know, vistas where you can see the horizon, something beautiful. So we have beauty along the way we're going to see on this journey with God. Um, to get to a vista, you have to get high. And that can be difficult walking uphill, sometimes for miles in the wilderness, shouldering your pack, shouldering your kids <laughs> above the pack. Maybe, maybe you do that. I don't I did. Um, and... Uh, Sometimes we walk at night. You know, this is a long journey with God. It's your whole life. Sometimes you walk at night. Sometimes you don't see the way, you know. Sometimes there are roots and rocks and things in the path, you know. Sometimes it's difficult. There's beauty. There's awesomeness. He's with you. But there's also this other element of uh, <clears throat> difficulty and things and challenges and obstacles. So it takes trust. I'm going to give you a few things it takes to walk with God. One is trust. This is huge. Um, you have to trust um, that he knows where he's going, that he knows how to get there, that he knows what he's doing, that he brought the right stuff, you know, the right resources that you need for the journey. Um, you have to trust that he won't push you beyond your limits, you know. We did a difficult hike this past week, and there were times where I thought, I'm done. <laughs> this is it. You know, I'm tired. I've been carrying a kid in a backpack, and, you know, it was just a lot longer than I thought. But... And our walk with God, it's going to feel like that. And the funny thing about limits, I don't know for you, but for me, I think I'm past them a lot. 
And then I find out I had more, you know, in the reserves. I could go a lot farther than I realized. And uh, you just keep walking until you get back to the car, in our case, on vacation. And you find out how far you can really go sometimes. And, and it's like that with God. Sometimes we're like, I'm done. Can't do it anymore. Time to sit down. And he says, nope, a little farther, a little farther. You know, and uh, you have to trust that he knows what he's doing, that he's not going to give you more than you can bear. Um, a second thing it takes is letting go. God is a funny guy, you know, comedian-wise, but also just how he operates is sometimes funny. It makes you, makes you laugh. Maybe not in this case. Because he doesn't lay out the map and be like, hey, Peter, here's how it's going to work. This is our path, and we're going this way, and then this way. Here's the vista, and then here's the thing, and there's, there's paradise, and it's going to be like this, and walk at night here because we have to get past blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work like that. What happens is Marilee shows up at your salon with a one-minute gospel presentation, and you go, hey, that sounds good. You know, I want to walk with Jesus. And then you just start walking. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, this is uphill. Where are we going? And he just says, come on. Follow me, you know, and you go. And that takes some letting go. You don't have control. You don't know what's coming along the way. Um, and that's tricky, you know what I mean? Uh, in American life, we are used to being in control, you know. My day planner, oh, sorry, my um, Google calendar, uh, you know, I've got everything here. My Google Maps, I know where I'm going. It's not quite like that. Another thing it takes to walk with God is effort. Um, you know, asking God to pick us up and carry us on this walk is not the same as walking with him. My kids ask this a lot. Carry me, Daddy. <laughs> and I do a lot. And I think God carries us when we really need it. But again, if we think we know our limits and we say, carry me or I'm not walking, that's not walking with God. You know, he's leading this show. And... uh you know, giving up when it's hard is just not walking with him. Stopping until I have answers to all my questions or I see the map is not walking with him. But what happens if we do that stuff? If we walk with God, if we give our strength and effort, if, you know, we're going to see beauty along the way, we're going to have a shared journey and we're going to ultimately enter paradise with God and it's going to be good. We will overcome. So number two for you note takers that's a Roman numeral I, I you can do a single cross top and bottom save you a little time walk humbly so humbling yourself I'm going to give you some visual pictures to help you see this but humbling yourself I'm going to call that coiling your strength okay that's what humbling yourself is in, in our scenario in our picture of the hiking trail today it is not you know becoming lowly or laying down or like you know, I don't have anything to give, I'm small, or any of those kind of thoughts. If you have any Christian-y thoughts like those, like I do sometimes, like, oh, humble is being like lowly, like whatever. It's just silly. It's not what it is. I was silly. But what it is is coiling your strength. Let me show you what coiling your strength looks like. Thank you very much. So this, my friends, is the one, the only Blake Griffin, the greatest leaper and dunker in the NBA right now. Uh, you could disagree. There might be another one. But he's really good. So go back to the first for a second. This is coiling your strength. He, what he's doing is he's about to jump over a car, catch a basketball thrown out of the sunroof by his teammate, and dunk it. It's a Kia. I forget what kind of Kia, but it's still a car. You know? <laughs> Say what you will about Kia, you know? 
It may be compact, but it's a car. I don't, I'm not jumping over cars, you know. So he is coiling his strength. And what does it look like? Like that. Look at him. Look at me. Look at him. Look at me. Now look at her. Now back at me. Now smile. Good. Okay. <clears throat> so this is the kind of humility we're talking about. Okay. And what happens when you humble yourself? He's balanced. He's ready. His strength is coiled. He's ready to spring into action, right? And then the next slide, like you saw, he jumps over the car, catches the ball, dunks it, hangs on the rim for effect, and then stands on the hood and says, Booyah. (laughs) So um, James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. I believe that if we on this journey will humble ourselves, get ready, and spring into action and give our effort towards this walk that God will lift us up and we'll actually soar like Blake Griffin. You're going to sign a multi-million dollar contract. Life is going to be so... Okay, maybe not the, maybe not the contract. But in our life, we can, you can do so much if you humble yourself, coil your strength and give your effort and let God lift you up. So what does pride look like in contrast to that? I'm going to say for our purposes today, it's a little bit like this. I'm getting as tall as I can. I'm getting even taller like this. Okay, and what is that? How does that work for jumping? Anyone? If I try to jump when I'm already on my tiptoes and my legs, my knees locked, am I going to jump very high? Let's see. You went down a little. (laughs) I humbled myself a tiny bit to use my calves. But if you coil your strength and get low and spring up fully, do I need to do it? Yeah. <laughs> you can jump. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot higher than... Right? Okay, so that's how it's going to work. Pride is not balanced. It's weak. And Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. How could I navigate a root-filled, rocky, cool hiking trail walking like this? How am I going to... There's a fallen tree. How am I going to get over that? I'm going to (laughs) fall, right? But walking in humility, balanced, you know, giving your effort, coiling your strength, you can do it. All right, point number three. That's it. There's nothing else. That's all I got for you. Walk humbly with your God. Pretty much is Christianity. Jesus said, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men, like Cameron has said in some of his recent messages. And, And Jesus said, follow me and tell other people to follow you as you follow me. This is it, man. This is all there is. And you can't screw up Christianity if you're with God walking humbly. It's just how it works. It's great. So you only really needed two points. I threw in the third because, remember, three points in a poem makes a sermon. I'm close. I'm trying. So if you're going to work, playing with your kids, eating dinner, scanning your iPhone for Facebook posts that are really witty and clever and have a picture, um... You know, if you're going to church, serving at church, studying the Bible, but you're not doing it walking humbly, just stop. Reconnect to the source, to the flow, like Marilee was saying, and do it with God. Let Him lead you on the walk. Okay, quotation time. Got to wrap a sermon. Add a quote. Here we go. This is C.S. Lewis in the book uh, Mere Christianity. It's a little British, maybe a little dated, but listen carefully. It's really good. We all want progress, but progress means getting nearer to the place where you want to be. And if you have taken a wrong turning, then to go forward does not get you any nearer. If you are on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn 
and walking back to the right road. And in that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive man. Right? So there are times on this journey, real quick, I'll, I'll tell you about where God is saying, come on, follow me, let's go this way. And I say, oh, thank you, Marilee. She was following so well. Oh, she's got it. And then I go, that looks tough. This looks good. And I go my own way. And I don't follow God. And, um, you know, what C.S. Lewis was saying is the most progressive person, the person who's getting toward the goal the fastest, turns back sooner and goes back God's way. And the person who goes farther is farther away from the the destination. But the cool thing with God, I'm going to put a twist on old Clive Staples Lewis here, is that... I'm about to. That's the twist. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) um, The twist is, you don't have to come back and then go God's way. Because when you go your own way, you took the lead, but he come, he's so cool. He comes right behind you and follows you and says, you know, he's waiting for us to say, okay, it was a dead end. It was a dumb idea. I am lost. I have no idea what I'm doing. And we turn back to God. I want to walk humbly with you. And he's right there. And even cooler than that is he doesn't say, okay, we've got to go back to the fork in the road and start over from that point. He knows where he's going. So he can take you from that point to paradise a different way. You know, and aren't our lives so much like that? I've made so many of those. Thank goodness every time he doesn't make me go back, he can just roll with it because he's, he's that cool. So just in closing, I want to encourage you today to take these maybe two ideas, these two pictures, and chew on them a little bit. You know, examine your river. Examine your hike with God and see where you're at. And, um, you know... We can, we can clear our debris. We can be intentional about pouring out. We can, um, you know, get ourselves in the right position of humility. And we can have an awesome walk with God. We can have an awesome day in the river, to, to use the analogy. So with that, I think Tori has some announcements. Oh, Marilee would like to pray. Yeah, let's just pray and, um, and let God speak to us here. So, Lord, I just thank you um, that it's your desire to walk with us, that it's your desire to fill us. Um, I just pray right now that you would show everyone a picture in their mind's eye of their journey or of their river, and would you show them where there's something blocking the way. Um, And if he shows you something, I just ask you right now to just repent for it. And um, and just kind of make it right and refocus. So just do that right now. Yes, Lord, well, we thank you that you're good and that you always um, give us your truth and show us the way to go. We just trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Let's give them a hand.